podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back for another podcast. Today, I've got uh, Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn fans? Louis Ragoni. Hey, Dolph fans. And Ryan Norwood. Hey there, Dolph fans. You know, we were recording on uh, Wednesday afternoon, and this morning, the Dolphins scrimmaged against the Buccaneers out in Tampa. Things got a little bit chippy, I guess, <laughs> along the defensive <laughs> line. Uh, uh, Wilkins and uh, Sealer were... Getting, I guess, maybe a little over aggressive, and uh, the Bucks didn't like it, and uh, there was a oh, little shit. bit of a skirmish, but uh, things were, you know, got under control pretty quick. One of the other things that that came out of that uh, practice this morning was uh, Igbenogany just did not look very good. Not that we're surprised, are we, guys? Not at all. Nope. Uh, yeah. I mean, like a gust of wind. Yeah, pretty much. The Dolphins put out a depth chart earlier in the week, uh, preparing you know for the scrimmage and the game this weekend. If you look at the cornerbacks, uh, Keon Crossan is uh, basically a top reserve. So uh, that tells you what's happening with uh, Igbenogany and uh, Tro Williams. So they are they are <laughs> competing, and uh, a few more showings like that, and Igbenogany is going to be at the bottom of the depth chart. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and Keon Crossan apparently played pretty well today in practice. Yes, he's been doing well in practice, too. Yep, and and for what it's worth, and I don't know if it's worth anything, but the the guy who got past Noah, uh, Noah should be fast enough to keep up with him, but Jalen Darden for the Bucks, he's a speed demon. Uh, he's the guy who got past Noah. Yep. There should be no excuses, but uh, that guy <laughs> no is excuses. kind of a lightning bolt. Yeah, but, you know, you, you could see that, you know, just <laughs> yeah, he, he just bought his move and he barely moved the receiver <laughs> I'm talking about. You know, he just gave him a little wiggle and that was it. <laughs> Mike, on your depth chart that you're looking at, are, yep. you, are you seeing Trill Williams behind Igbenogany? I am seeing. Because that's um, what I'm looking at. Yes. On the first yeah. depth yes. chart. Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. Don't expect that to continue. Right. But but yes, for now. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. You know, every everything is a little topsy-turvy because By- Byron Jones is out. Yep. So right. you've got Needham playing, you know, the corner that, that Byron Jones would be playing, and then you've got Igbenogany and uh, Trill Williams behind him, and then uh, behind Howard, you've got Cross, and then you've got Kahoo uh, K- K- or whatever his name is. Kahoo. Yep. Who? Kahoo. Who? Well. So, <laughs> We all know, so I was going to say, and Mike got a little frustrated there with you on the Kahoo, I think, but it's oh, no, okay. I'm not frustrated at all. It's okay, Mike. Kahoo, uh, don't boohoo. I don't even know. Anyway, we all know that the first depth chart doesn't matter, right? right. Like this is, they could be playing a number of games with that depth chart. Well, you we're going to get into that. Yeah. They, 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 they are playing to, some games with it. 
exactly. Noah may need a little bit of confidence boost by being above Trill, and uh, they may have done it just because he's a veteran. So who knows? Uh, but don't expect it to stay that way. You know, the team has talked about wanting to uh, move Preston Williams and Lynn Bowden Jr. So when you look at the depth chart, they're pretty high on it when they probably shouldn't be. So obviously they did that, you know, maybe to enhance their trade value somewhat. And mm-hmm. uh, speaking of trades, they did trade Adam Shaheen and uh, uh seventh-round pick to Houston for a sixth-round pick in return. Uh, so Adam Shaheen is no longer with the team. Good move yeah. to get something for him. Yep. Yeah, we talked about it, right? Didn't we talk about Shaheen was probably the odd man out in that well, room? I did so. mention that last week, yes. Yeah, I think you mentioned yeah. it a couple times. And and g- kudos on you for, for being on top of that because the Dolphins felt the same way and we got something out of it. What does that say about Hunter Long, though? He's we progressing. Don't I don't know that yeah. it says anything about Hunter Long. Yeah, Mike, you know? Mike made a comment. We talked about this yesterday because, um, you know, I felt Sheehan had some um, – some value, you know, mm-hmm. and sixth round pick value is, I guess, what, you know, what, what was measured on him because teams knew more than likely the Dolphins weren't going to keep him around. And I think there were other issues involved. We discussed that because mm-hmm. the guy is, you know, he's, he's capable. I mean, he had a good year a couple of years ago. He's a good red zone receiver, <laughs> but when it comes to blocking, his, he's, he's a big guy. He's six six. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he does not block well. No, not for his size, right. but. You know, Mike brought up the fact that there's a couple other tight ends in camp as well, which was a really good point that, you know, we probably, you you were probably not going to mention it, Mike. So that's why I'm bringing it up right now. Um, you know, it may not have anything to do with Hunter Long. It may have to do with, um, you know, another guy that's in camp that they're thinking about keeping around along because last year they kept four tight ends and I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing this year. I would I, think so too. Yeah. So. There's a fourth guy in the mix here somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, other than the three guys that we usually discuss. Yep. Well, there's a possibility that there's not, though, too. They could keep a guy like Sanu or maybe a Sherfield, somebody yeah, who's keep good an extra on special receiver. teams, an extra receiver who can move in to block. Or a second fullback. Daniel, you're bringing this yep. Sherfield guy back up. I'm now, come on. We know, what you're, we know what you're doing there, buddy. I'm just come on. saying, like, both of those guys, <laughs> Sanu and Sherfield, are both willing blockers. Right. Uh, they can be an extra hand on special teams. And if we need them to run routes, they can do that too. So there's right. a potential that instead of being a fourth tight end, it could be, uh, you know, a sixth receiver. Exactly. And we talked yeah. about that last week as well on the podcast that, you know, if you're doing this, then, you know, somewhere else you've got to take away from, you yeah. know, a position. Yin yang, yin yang. Exactly. Yin yang, yin yang. Bada bada bing bang. For what it's worth, I think day 12, uh, the highlight, uh, Trent Sherfield was one of the top performers of the day. So, mm-hmm. just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets cut, I'm laughing at I just, I was just thinking that to myself. You guys are going to really have a ball when he gets cut. He may not get cut. Nah, you will see. I'm calling in that week. We'll see. <laughs> You're calling in, huh? <laughs> Don't worry, we'll now, find Lou, you. I, I know you're going to be upset by the next topic that I read, and okay, uh, because it appears that Tyreek Hill will be returning punts and Mozart returning kicks, and I yeah. know you're a guy that doesn't like that. Uh, not necessarily. No, I don't. I mean, you know, if in, in an important at an important part in the game, I absolutely think that you know it's it's a plus. You know, when you put a guy like Hill back. 
and you're down by a touchdown late in the game and you need you need field position, whatever the case may be. But, you know, to do it consistently and even with Mozart, I mean, I you know, I, I'm not in favor of it. I'm just not. You know, I mean, you can't have a guy like that getting injured on those type of plays. You just can't do it. Yeah, yeah it I'm certainly you. hurts your team if he does. Oh, 110%. Yep, I'm with you 100% on that, Lou. When it matters and we need a game-changing play, put him back there and let him make something happen. Yes. But 80%, 85% of the time on kicks and punts, we don't need our stars uh, or the guys who are going to be imperative to our Ws on the field back there in those situations. Mm-hmm. I will say I agree with you, but playing devil's advocate, the kicking game has changed where – you know, I think it's a small percent of kickoffs get returned yep. now. And also, you're saying, you know, have him back there when you're down at touchdown. But if you can have him back there in the first quarter and he, you know, breaks one for 75 yards and maybe later in the game you're not down at touchdown, maybe you're up two touchdowns because of him. So it's, it's a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. You know, obviously you always look at the injury, but that could happen on any play. Oh, absolutely. But you don't, you know, you want him on the field for what he does best. And that is, you know, changing the way a defense is going to approach us as an offense. Uh, I think that's much more important. I mean, you know, you pull a hamstring, you can do anything on those. And you're right, it can happen on any given play. But why add, you know, four, five, or six more plays to his, you know, in a situation where guys are flying down the field? at 120 miles an hour. You know, I, do, I just don't like the situation, especially punt returns. I just don't like it. I don't like Will it. Will it affect him on first and second down the next series, you know, after yeah. he returns it? Yeah, right. additionally, you ask yourself. additionally, if our offense is what they hope it to be and what we hope it to be, then uh, we're continuing drives, we're converting third downs, we're turning those into points, and he wasn't needed to return punts in the first couple of quarters of the game. Right. Well, anyway, Mike, that's interesting. How did where'd that come from? Well, it, it came from what they what they have been doing, um, uh-huh. and and the depth chart. Yep, the depth and we'll chart see. Well. You know, we'll see over time. You know, if they stick with that or uh, if they right. have other ideas. Right. Um, Got it. One other thought, real fast, and it, it's not necessarily Dolphins related anymore. But poor. Speaking of uh, punt returns, kick returns, pour one out for Mighty Mouse. Uh, word is mm. that he tore his Achilles in Brown's camp. Yeah, so, that sucks. Um, too bad for Jakeem, uh, as Dolphins fans and as, uh, you know, the Finn fans podcast has always been a fan of Jakeem. So, sorry love about him, that. Love him, yeah. Absolutely yeah. love the guy. Yeah, really. I mean, I think he's he was the best in the game over the last few years. So. Oh, yeah. And he was a spark. I mean, in Chicago, where they didn't have a lot to cheer about last year, when he went over there, he made some plays. Uh, you know, he had a really – he actually made the Pro Bowl for him, didn't he? As a punt returner. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, that sucks. Yep. I've always been a Jakeem fan and, and still will be once he comes back. But, you know, mm-hmm. he, as you get closer to 30, man, these things pop up. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be tough we don't back. want Tyreek uh, returning punts, right? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. yeah, let's bring that full circle. Yeah, yeah uh, that's let's, uh, okay. Yep. Let's keep our cheetah. Uh, uh, and and Jalen Waddle will back both of them up. Yes. 
Yeah, another smart move. But anyway, Mike, all right, can we get off of this subject already? You're start. You're, you're trying to piss me off today, aren't you? Well, I'm just giving you the news. Okay, uh-huh. got it, got it. All right, so uh, Ryan, you you spent a lot of time uh, uh, looking at some of the reserves, and, and you've come up with a list that you think are guys that have a good chance of potentially making the team. I did, yes. Tell us about it. So I. Uh, scoured from various websites looking up um just you know scout reports for guys uh, primarily i focused on young guys um i put together reports on skylar thompson on blaze andries on zaquandre uh, white and on braylon sanders um so i'm gonna i'll go ahead through skylar thompson and you know lou daniel mike guys feel free to to jump in um, but what I found was that Thompson is a dual threat quarterback. He is number 19 out of Kansas State, six foot one and seven eighths. Uh, he was in college for from 2017 up until this last year. Total of 45 games played. He was 62% completion percentage for 7,124 yards, 42 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Total of a 142 quarterback rating. At the same time, also had 335 rushes for 1,087 yards and 26 touchdowns. Um, downside with him is he was injured quite often. Um, sophomore year, he had broken ribs, twisted ankle, and he was ruled out for the season in his junior year after three games, uh, and he had a serious upper body, upper body injury that required surgery. And this is a guy that... What did he do, break his neck? Uh. So when I when I looked, it just said upper body injury. I want to huh. say it was his shoulder, um, okay. his throwing shoulder. That could be. Yeah, um, but you know, sixty two percent completion percentage in college is not fantastic when you got guys coming out at 75 percent completion percentage. Um, but he he does fit this offense. He is a RPO, you know, one to two read type quarterback. He is very poised and confident in himself when he's in the pocket. He has adequate arm strength and his mobility. He's, that's probably his best trait. He's able to manipulate the pocket and move around, but at the same time, he can tuck it and run if needed to. And he was not rated as a draftable player. Um, we did take him in the seventh round, but you know he was a Texas Bowl MVP in 2022, Maxwell Award, watch list 2020 and 2021. And this guy is smart. He was first team all academic for all Big 12 both 2022 and 2021. Um, initially, when I wrote this report up, I didn't have him as making the 53. However, over the last week of training camp, I honestly think I've changed my mind because this guy's put on a pretty decent show in training well, they camp. They said that uh, he had the two most impressive throws in camp. Yes. Yep. Oh, boy. That's what I've heard as well, you know, as positive as it's been for Tua and, you know, even some, some good things about Bridgewater. That Skyler's had the most impressive throw so far. Now, Grant, he's doing body. it. Yeah, he's doing it against you know second and third string guys. Right. Sure. But, but you throw well, you throw the football, right? It yeah. doesn't matter, you know, that it's the second and third string out there. The pass is either there or it isn't. Right. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I I personally think this staff's gonna have a hard time, you know, putting him on the practice squad. Huh. Very interesting. So you think that he's actually gonna make the team? 
and um, they're going to carry a third quarterback on the roster week in and week out. I have slowly over the last week thought that, you know, if they want this guy, mm-hmm. they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to do that. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, there, there's talk that if he does go to the practice squad, he could easily get stolen. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, so, that, you know, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Well, that just means you carry three tight ends instead of four. <laughs> right. There you go. Here's that Those, full circle thing we keep talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We keep going back to it. Right. So I think the bonus that you get with a guy like Skylar Thompson is his legs, right? So mm-hmm. he's, he's uber athletic and he can run the football. Uh, I was zoning out and didn't catch if you talked about his rushing yards in his career, but I did. Yep, uh, did. he has had multiple games with multiple rushing touchdowns. Um, and he was, you know, he was instrumental when, when Kansas state actually, they, I mean, when they knocked off Oklahoma, so he's a gamer, uh, he has the athleticism that quarterbacks are going toward towards that nowadays in the NFL and he can sling the rock. Mm-hmm. Very good. Wow. So yeah. what's the downside? You know, the downside is you got the, the injuries, know, the injuries. He's six one, which, you know, he's around roughly around two a size. You know, 217 pounds. I think he's bigger than Tua. Not by much. No, not by much, but I think he is. Well, who isn't, Mike? <laughs> Me. Ru- Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson, right. <laughs> well, uh, confirmed as well that that injury in 2020 that knocked him out for the season was a shoulder. Uh, he also mm-hmm. had a knee injury last year that kept him out a while. That yeah. can happen to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're, you know, you want to talk about, his downsized mechanics is the big one, but that's something that's teachable. Yep, right. Um, and working through his progressions was a problem for him. You know, he comes from a, an RPO heavy offense where, you so know, he's reading half the field and stuff. Yes. Like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and accuracy down the field is not a strong suit. Where have we heard that before? Uh, but mm-hmm. his his short passes, you know, quick balls, they they get out. They're right on the money. Interesting. Yep. So who else you got? Uh, well, Daniel, want to come up with your first? Yeah. So, uh, I also went through and did a quick scouting report on some of the guys that are on our team. Some you've been hearing a little bit more about than others. And, uh, the first guy that I have here is he's right on the bubble. Um, I, I am not a hundred percent sure that he's going to make the team yet, Come on, but I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of reasons why he (laughs) would, if he's going to, and that's, uh, our seventh round draft pick out of California outside linebacker, Cameron good. Uh, Mm -hmm. he, he's an athletic guy, uh, who is, so his key is pass rush and special teams. Okay. He's, he's, he stays with his assignments. I'm going to read you some of the positives uh, from the draft network. He he diagnoses plays well, stays with his assignments, and gives lots of effort. Okay, he can easily change his direction and uh, alter his angle of attack. But the the problems that I see is that he struggles in coverage a little bit, um, and he's just not a big guy. He doesn't have enough uh, power or bulk to to really fit uh, the linebacker position very like well. Like Zach Thomas. Uh, maybe, uh, he's a little bigger than Zach. He's six, four, two forty. Um, but he, and he runs a six, uh, four, six, three forty. Now, when I was watching his tape, I did see that he was really good with hand fighting against the offensive linemen. And he had great pursuit in the backfield of running backs, trying to get away from him and quarterbacks. Uh, like I said, he's good at pass rush. He had 20 and a half sacks in his California career. Uh, 
Uh, but he did have two seasons in early with an injury, so that is a risk. If he makes the team, I think he makes it on his versatility and yeah. that he'll be a special teams guy and a situational pass rusher to come in and spell some of our outside linebackers. Well, they've got a lot of situational pass rushers, so I think if he is going to make the team, it'll be on special teams. Well, Mike, there may be a lot of situations, so we may need a lot of <laughs> yeah. situational guys. There could be. Like the offense didn't score and the defense has to. Yep. <laughs> All right, who else we got, Ryan? Yeah, so my next one um, is Blaze Andres, offensive guard out of Minnesota. He is wearing number 71, six foot seven, 312 pounds, so this is a big guy. Um, he was an all-state uh, offensive lineman in Minnesota coming out of high school, three-star recruit. Now, his scouting reports are contradictory depending on who you look at. According to NFL.com, he has the frame, but he doesn't have much strength. He has limitations, doesn't really drive with his feet, but then Sports Illustrated calls him a mauler in the run game. <laughs> Physical, good hands. You know, This is a guy that played every game in college all four years, never missed one. Played, that, that counts for something. He played left tackle, left guard, right tackle, right guard. So he's got versatility at every position but center. And, you know, fans might have seen him. I talked about him last week. He came out to the first fan-attended practice, two cans of C4 energy drink in his hand, smashed them together, stone-cold Steve Austin style, chugged them, got the crowd riled up. But, you know, this guy, I have him as making it as a swing offensive guard because he's got that versatility he can play and he is a mauler in the run game he can move guys um he's got to work on his pad level so he does have some weaknesses uh his hands when he moves which he's going to be doing a lot of in this offense he's got to get his hands in the right place so that's a lot of work that he needs um he was a priority free agent for us yeah and he was you know all 10 all big 10 all academic Big Ten, smart guy, AP, uh, definitely had a lot to say about him. Played in the East-West Shrine Bowl last game. But, you know, with his versatility and our weakness on the offensive line, I have him on the roster. So, essentially, scouting reports had him listed as a potential, you know, bottom-of-the-roster type guy, which I think is exactly where he's going to be. He's another one, I think, like Thompson, where if they try to sash him on the practice squad, other teams are going to come in and just pick him up. I think we're at that point where this team has quality starters, you know, decent enough depth that we're going to have to make some tough decisions on guys. And, you know, I see this guy as potential for making the roster, but if not, he's going to make it somewhere. Yeah. I, I hear good things about him as well. We'll have to see. Yeah. And we always know we can use the help along the offensive line <laughs> and some, some depth yeah, you is look not at a bad the, thing. No. You look at the depth chart, and if you study it a little bit, you'll notice that all the rookies are at the end. Yeah. Right. So this is not a true, accurate picture of what they may be thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So just just for you know informational purposes. So we're going off of it, but it may not necessarily be accurate, and in a lot of cases, it won't be. Yep. Like Preston Williams, you know, and that type of thing. <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. They want to move them for a reason. Okay, so staying with the offensive line, 
Yep. And uh, kind of the same thought process of you, as you had, Ryan. I mm-hmm. think this is a guy that if we put on the practice squad, he's probably not going to be a Dolphin. Uh, he was a priority free agent for us after the draft because even though he was one of PFF's top 100 draft prospects, he did not get drafted in, in seven rounds. And that's offensive tackle out of Arizona State, Kellen Deesh. Now, he originally was with Texas A&M. He transferred over. He is 6'7", 301, and in 2021, he was second team All-Pac-12. Now, I'll give you a couple of the positives and negatives that are in his scouting report, but then I'll also tell you what I've seen on tape for him. Okay, so he has good foot quickness, uh, body control, and recovery balance. He can stay attached to his blocks pretty well. He tracks, intersects, and comes to balance to fit on smaller guys. Now, uh, one of the negatives, though, is that he he is a little below average length. And so sometimes the defenders get first meaningful contact on him, and he can't gain control of him very well. He He has an up kick out of his stance, and so he gets his hips wide a little early. Uh, or he, he gets his hips opened a little early against some wide rushers and it results in a soft edge, which we really can't have happening against Tua. Now he, he has above average hand placement and he's strong. So he latches on, uh, the frames of his defenders, uh, and eliminates the space through the shed blocks. Now that's his scouting report. Now what I saw on tape was a guy who could pull and run. A guy who was willing to get out in space and lead the ball carrier. Getting blocks downfield, uh, he was very aggressive. And that, in this type of offense, is going to be huge. Uh, overall, I liked his movement and his footwork and his quickness. But there were times that I seen him get too high. And he got pushed back because oh, of Oh, I had that problem mm-hmm. once. Uh, he didn't. <laughs> uh, that's been years ago, Mike. Don't tell us any stories otherwise. <laughs> Uh, he didn't anchor well at times, and I did also see him open his hips too early. I think he needs to add some bulk. Now, he's he's much more of a wait-and-see guy for me, so having him on a practice squad would be great if somebody didn't snatch him. I think they like him. I think they do, mm-hmm. too, and I think that he has a really good chance to, to make the roster. Uh, but he doesn't have bulk to play guard, so I think he'll have to stay at like a right tackle. Uh, coaching at this level can help him correct some of the things I saw on tape. Uh, however, he does have the pull and run skill set required for a wide zone rushing attack. And I think that if he was catapulted into a role, he, he may be able to take advantage of it. So I like his chances to make the roster. I like what I saw on tape for him overall. Um, I was actually, uh, after I watched his tape, I was pretty surprised that he did not get drafted. Football fans, DraftKings changed the fantasy game forever in 2012. Now, 10 years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. It's a new way to enjoy daily fantasy football, a new shot to win millions in prizes, and the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Playing Rainmakers Football is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player cards, the biggest names in the game, through regular drops and auctions. Build your collection of football stars and enter the free Rainmaker football contest all season long to compete for millions in jaw-dropping prizes. Each week, craft your lineup of athletes from your NFT collection and rack up points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, like you would in daily fantasy football. The next generation of fantasy sports is almost here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and sign up with promo code TPPN. 
Click the Rainmaker's tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop. Play for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmaker's football. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. So my next guy is my favorite guy to have read up on the scouting reports put together. He's my dark horse to make this roster and have an impact. It is Zaquandre White out of South Carolina. He's a running back wearing number 47. The guy is six foot one, two fifteen. He's just got a different skill set than Edmonds, Mostert, Michelle, Gaskin, all those guys. Um, you know, he's a big body guy. I'm gonna read this right off of the scouting report that I pulled up. He possesses excellent size and overall athleticism. He's tall for a running back and runs upright. He displays very good vision and patience when pressing the line of scrimmage. He's got great bursts and straight line speed to explode through holes. He's a bigger back, but he shows impressive ability to change direction and is outstanding in setting up defenders with leverage uh, while taking lateral cuts. He shows good overall power as a runner, good contact balance. He's a versatile playmaker, also offers value in the receiving game. He runs good routes and is excellent after the catch, um, though he does need to work on consistency with his hands. He's entertaining to watch unpredictable razor-sharp cuts from any spot on the field. Uh, he does frequently stray away from designed run tracks, which in the offense that we were running, a zone run offense, you kind of need to keep on track in order for the play to work out the way that it needs to. So he does have he some work to do. will explain that to him in detail. I said they will explain that to him in detail. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, this coaching staff will definitely make sure that he stays on track. Um, You know, he's he's got great size, great athleticism, great versatility, and the best part about it is his freshman year, he was a linebacker for Florida State. He transferred to JUCO and had an amazing year. Uh, He had 137 rushes for 876 yards. In 2019, 6.4 yards per carry, 10 rushing touchdowns that year. But this is a guy who didn't play a lot in college. Um, He only started a total of six games once he was at South Carolina. And he's got a lot of tread left on his tires. Um, You know, he's... I'm sure that's why he wasn't drafted. Right, yeah. And, you know, he, he, he didn't take over a lead role until halfway through his senior year. But... This is a guy that fits this offense, big, fast, strong. I honestly think that he's going to make it over Sony Michelle. Do you? Interesting. Yeah. He's got a different skill set. That's going out on a ledge. I like that. Yeah. I, I just, everything, I mean, I've watched game tape on this guy. I read scouting reports and seeing what he has done, although, you know, granted they didn't have much contact in in uh, training camp. Right. You know, this guy found holes. He made plays. I think he's going to be the guy that we don't expect. He's going to come in and make the team. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I like it. I watched some college football, and I seen him play some times last year, and uh, I was always impressed on the field. Uh, There was a lot of running backs drafted last year, so I can't say whether I was surprised or not. But I do think that he has the type of game that can translate. Well, if and you wanted to be surprised, Daniel, the Draft Network 
Their consensus scouting report for him had him as a fourth-round value. NFL.com had him as a fifth-round value. He was an undrafted free agent. Well, there we go. And we know what this coaching staff has done with running backs in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that he comes in and he does take the spot of a a Sony Michelle. I would go on the limb and say it would probably be Miles Gaskin. Uh, I think Sony finds a spot on this roster, but I'm yeah, on the, I'm on the mindset it. that it's three running backs and a fullback. That's kind of when I look at the 53, that's where I put it. So I think you're going to have Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Zaquandre White. Okay. I dig it. So my next guy is, here's a guy who's undrafted, okay? So uh, we have a history with undrafted free agents as well, and I just we talked do. to one about mm-hmm. one on the offensive line. This uh, young man has fellow undrafted free agents in the defensive backfield with him. And this is a guy who's been flashing at camp. He's had several interceptions. He's been considered one of the top performers at camp so far. And we've already talked about him a little bit earlier in the process of this podcast, and that's Trill Williams. Mm-hmm. He's 6'1", 205, and depending on – I heard you say earlier, Ryan, you found conflicting reports, and I did as well when I started looking at his speed. Mm-hmm. I seen one site said he ran in the 4.4s and one that was he was a 4.59 guy. But, frankly, none of that matters if his speed translates well to the field, right? So one of the, one of the reports that I was reading on him, uh, and this is a quote directly from the Draft Network, Williams is long, rangy, athletic, physical, and aggressive. His physical skill set is exceptional, and he doesn't have any restrictions. He is springy and explosive, capable of thriving in both man and zone coverage. Now, that's that's a great little blurb on a guy who wins. Yeah, it sounds like a first-round pick. Yeah, it sounds like a guy who should be able to perform. Yep. And with having a guy like Nick Needham in the defensive backfield with him, who's a great example of an undrafted free agent making the team and playing some important minutes, I think he'll get a chance as likely our third or fourth cornerback. I think he ends up taking the place of Noah on the on the depth chart. We'll see how Keon Crossen continues to play. But here's the thing. We haven't seen it much yet. Right, he only played four defensive snaps last year and fifteen special team snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I saw on tape is a guy who throws his weight around. He has he has the quote unquote hit stick element to his game, and he he shows really good vision in zone coverage. I think he stays connected well to wide receivers on all levels of the field, and I think his size, length, and speed are are going to be assets that that may that will most likely earn him some playing time this year whereas we didn't get a chance to see him on the field last year. So this is not probably a surprise to anybody who's been keeping track of what's happening in training camp, but Trill Williams is a guy who I think we see on the field playing some important minutes for us this year. He started off camp pretty hot. His first four or five practices were outstanding, and then he kind of fell off a little bit. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, look, we we also love to hear about the new guy performing well, right? So... (laughs) Uh, when he was making plays. Also, keep, keep in mind the receivers he's going against. Yeah. Because that matters. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And we're going to hear him when he when he performs well, right? Yeah. Lewis? Yes. Any thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> I Do mean, you get a thrill from Trill, Lewis? No. I mean, you know, you guys covered everything pretty much. So, uh, you know, we don't want to waste – 
the listeners uh time here no it was it was well covered there no no need to add anything to that do you have anything mike no okay then not a word two no's there you go (laughs) move on let's go what do we got next (laughs) yeah uh so my last report that i put together Uh this is a guy that i think most of our listeners will have heard of by now he is undrafted rookie wide receiver braylon sanders out of mississippi i'm just kidding oh yeah uh, who? <laughs> uh, he's six foot one, one ninety four, and this is a guy who ran a four four eight forty uh, in his in his red shirt junior year. He averaged twenty five point one yards per catch. So just throw that out there. You know how that's crazy. What is you know what are guys in the NFL average per catch? And this guy had twenty twelve, thirteen, fourteen yards. You know. That's one year over five years in college because he did have a redshirt year and he had the, uh, the the COVID year. But 45 games played, 69 receptions, 1,453 yards. That's a 21-yard per catch average. Nice. Uh, downside is only 10 touchdowns in five years. But hmm. um, one thing it's you interesting factor, he had such a high yards per catch and uh, didn't score a lot. Yeah. So you got to – I unfortunately I didn't get to watch a lot of game tape on him, but he is a very quick, shifty guy. Um, he does have injury concern, did miss quite a few games throughout his career with injury. And that is kind of, according to NFL.com, that is their buyer beware type uh-huh. thing on him. And, you know, like I said, just top speed, but a lot of injuries. And it's not the same injury over and over again. It's a variety of injuries. <laughs> so that, that, you know, really makes you question it. Um, he's in inconsistent judging the ball down the field, so he does need to learn to track it. And, you know, he was an undrafted free agent for a reason. Sure. Um, yeah, I thought Skylar Thompson, you know, didn't really have a chance to make the roster, but that's changed over this week. I think Braylon Sanders had a chance, and it's definitely helpful that Lynn Bowden and Preston Williams have been put on the trade block. Um, well, that tells you what they're thinking, right? It does, but then you got to factor in. You got Waddle Hill and Cedric Wilson as your top three guys. You got right. Muhammad Sanu, Trent Sherfield, Eric Ezekama, River Craycraft, Devontae Deadman. You got all these other guys that come in. Lots How many receivers are they keeping? You know, if they're going to keep four, oh, they're going to they usually keep six. Now, whether they're going to keep that many or not, I don't know, but that's generally the case. Five, six. Right. And you got so much talent. I think that's something Daniel can attest to also is, you know, when going through all this stuff, there's so many guys that we have to factor in, you know, are they going to keep six wide receivers, but only three running backs? Or are they going to keep four tight ends? Are they going to keep, you know, 10 offensive linemen instead of nine? It, it really is a numbers game at this point. And I, sure think, is. I think Sanders is the one guy who could probably make it to the practice squad. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, although I will say, early on in camp, his chemistry with Tua was instant. Yeah, he's been performing really well in camp. And if if I'm not mistaken, he's the guy who Skylar Thompson hit on that long across his body toss yep. that they're saying is one of the best of camp. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll also say this, and I think it's worth being said, right? Braylon Sanders played on the same team as guys like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Elijah Moore. 
Yep. Okay, so one of the, especially early in his college career, one of the reasons that he wasn't getting those touchdowns and uh, is because of these other elite wide receiver prospects, right? Uh, all right, so and you, got, you also got a guy like Dawson Knox who played for Ole Miss. So there was a litany of NFL talents in the receiving game that Braylon Sanders not only played with and learned from, but also had to try to feed against, right? Yep. So maybe some of his touchdown numbers are because of that. Maybe maybe some of his uh, lack of production is because of that. But uh, he has been standing out. He has the traits. Uh, and it'd be very interesting to see if, once again, we talk about the practice squad, if he's a guy who gets to stick there if he doesn't make the roster. I mean, they do like a lot of these free agents we're discussing, and that's the question. You know, do they like them enough to put somebody else out? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so that's that's what you, they have to figure out. Well, it very mel- very well may come down to Braylon Sanders or Trent Sherfield. What Uh-oh. are you going to do? I'll see you later, Braylon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it may, be, may come down to something like that. It could. Yes. And also, it could come down to them making those trades they were looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Which would be nice uh, if we can pull another sixth-round pick for a guy that we're not planning on keeping. Yeah. I'm all yeah. for it. Uh, you got to factor in the, the special teams as well. You know, Braylon Sanders is not going to – he's not going to be a gunner or anything like that. This guy right. is a receiver. Right, which hurts him. It does. Okay, so my final guy that I did is uh, a guy that we actually took in the fourth round with pick number 125, uh, played for Texas Tech. And if you know anything about our current coaching staff, you know that we have a wide receiver coach from Texas Tech named one Wes Welker. Okay, so uh, I'm talking about Eric Ezukanma or Eze as they call him. Uh, 62209, he come out as a redshirt junior. So he come out, he's an early declare. He ran a 45540. Now I tell you that you think that 455 is not super fast for a receiver, and, and maybe that's the case, but he ran faster than fellow draft picks who are expected to make impacts for their team, such as Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, and David Bell. Uh, his time matched Javante Williams out of out of Bronco country, and it was actually faster than Jalen Phillips. So I, I thought that was an interesting point to make. As a sophomore, he was named to first-team All-Big 12, uh, and he led the team with 46 catches, 748 yards, uh, and 16, TD, I, 16 TDs. That My uh, numbers got all mixed up there. I'm not sure if that's correct. Uh, as a sophomore, he was named first-team All-Big 12. He's a big target. He's quick. He's quick to snap off his slants and hitches. But he also has the ability to widen his release, and he's really good at avoiding the press punch. He has the burst to get past and stack cornerbacks downfield. Now, that's something that we see guys like Tyreek doing. He gets past somebody, and he stacks the cornerback and can catch that over-the-shoulder pass. Uh, now, Eze had some of the most incredible catches of anyone in the 22 draft class. Explain stacking the cornerback because some people may not know what that is. So stacking the cornerback is getting behind them and then keeping them on your back. So you look like a stack. You look like uh, one, two in a single file line. It's not allowing the cornerback to get back to the left or right side of you. It's basically keeping yourself between the defender and the ball. 
Yep. Or the end zone. Right. right? You, you're keeping yourself between the defender and the end zone so the ball can get dropped in the bucket. Yep. Uh, it's basically stacking one piece of paper on top of another. You always stay on top. And he's good at that. Uh, and he, had, like I was just saying, he had some of the most incredible catches of anyone in the 22 draft class. This is something that Daniel Jeremiah pointed out uh, during the draft process. I went back and watched some of those catches. Incredible. Uh, he's great at the at jump balls uh, at the point of uh, at the high point. He's great on the sidelines, and he's got fantastic hands. But one of the downsides in his uh, scouting report was that he has some concentration drops sometimes on easy catches. Uh, this is something that can easily be fixed. Uh, he's very tough. He can work well inside the steams, and I've already talked about what he can do on the perimeter. Last year, he was one of the tops in college football with eight yards per catch after uh, eight yards after, after the catch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. he's aggressive player. He he goes after the ball and fights for yards. So this is one of the things that I seen him doing on tape. He absolutely went after the defender uh, when instead of just falling down. This is something that we've been asking one of our tight ends to do for a long time. I think that Easy E can do that pretty well. Yep. He has big play potential with his yak and gives us something that we're missing with Devonte gone. Now, this is big for me because we don't have that big-bodied receiver on the outside. Now that we gave Devonte to the hated rivals up up in the Northeast. Now, I think he'll have a limited role in the first several weeks, but I do believe he makes the team specifically from his skill set, but also that he was a fourth-round pick. And I think that we see him make an impact at some point this season. The other thing that I'll say, and I think this is notable because I was talking about Wes. Now, Wes Welker was sent to his pro day, and he came back talking him up yep. to coach McDaniel and Greer, and he was in their ear all during the draft. So um, I, I'm excited about having him here. I think he's a surefire uh, roster spot, and uh, he he's looking to make an impact for us. So easy E, Texas Tech. What's his height? 6'2". 6'2", yeah, 6'2", 209. And like I said, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but his quickness and release, he can he can stack those cornerbacks. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And you don't have to be the fastest guy in the room. I mean, Hines Ward was not fast. Larry Fitzgerald was not fast. But those guys were able to use their body to, you know, essentially block out the defensive back. Yep. And, I mean, I watched Ezekam a little bit in college. He was one of those guys who was kind of hit or miss. There were some plays where he was on top of it. You know, he looked like he could be a top-round draft pick, and there were some plays, you know, like you said, concentration drops on easy balls. So if, yeah. he, can, if he can work on that and he can become consistent, and I think this is absolutely a Wes Welker draft pick. This is a guy that Wes said, hey, I want him on this team. Yeah. And I think he can work with him and, and definitely build him into something. Yeah. And, you know, you need you need guys that can do that. He's he can if he can separate. That's what Tua needs, and Tyreek's not gonna be around forever. You know he's one of the older guys on the team, so you're gonna need more wide receivers behind him. The one thing that I can say that I've seen on tape that is that I think he drifts kind of a little bit on mm-hmm. on the top of his routes. He's not super crisp mm-hmm. on on some of his routes, and I think that he could use some some real experience on the, his route tree. His, I don't think his route tree is developed nearly enough yet, specifically for a guy who started, I think, three years um, at Texas Tech in the Big 12. So 
that would be the key that I, I would be watching for to get, get him on the field and keep him there is can he snap his routes off pretty quick and other than just his slants and hitches because those ones are fine but you when you're going across the middle of the field when you're doing your out routes you got to be crisp and yeah, he's got uh, the, I didn't see that I mean he's got the right coach in place to work with him on that too yep you both did a nice job uh, good good information and uh I think you guys are pretty accurate uh, the question is you know the roster is a little um deeper than it has been in a while. And that's going to make it difficult for some of these guys to make the team. So we'll have to see how much they truly like them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I do believe that most of the guys you guys mentioned have had decent training camps. So, you know, again, we'll have to see. Uh, Lewis. Yes. We're playing Tampa this weekend. Any thoughts? No. <laughs> First preseason game. All of these guys we discussed, and I'm just messing with you. All these guys we discussed will get playing time in this game. So yeah. you know, we'll uh you know, we'll see if um you know everybody this, can scout them. This exactly. You know, let's you know, it's it's wonderful to sit here and you know talk about it, but you know, they've they've got to get on the field and they've got to do it. And all these guys that were mentioned today are going to be guys that are going to get a very good amount of playing time this coming week. So it's, you know, it's a good lead in to, you know, this actual preseason game that we got coming up. Um, the other thing we didn't discuss at all was, um, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts, guys, on uh, the possibility of trading for Smith, you know, the Bears linebacker, because he's now available. And boy, that's a position that we are very, very weak at. Um, you know, I don't know what it's going to take to get him here, but it will um, take money and draft picks. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this guy's a, a legit football player. And I mean, you put him on that defense, um, that, that really adds something to it. Well, Would he's you- been, he's been second team all pro two years in a row. Yep. Right, so if you do the math, that makes him a top five linebacker. Yeah, inside yep. linebacker, right? Yep. And this is a guy who coming out of Georgia, right, or Alabama, one of the two, uh, coming Georgia, from Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, Georgia yeah. coming out. Uh, I really wanted this guy on our squad. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to be our draft pick. I wanted to be able to have this problem ourselves if it came to that. How much uh, do they value an inside linebacker? Well, well, that's the whole thing, Mike, yeah. it, you know, on both ends. Go ahead, yep. Daniel. You were going to finish a thought there. Go no, ahead. as I say, that's, that's a great point because how much does the entire league value an inside linebacker? And that's what he's fighting for. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you guys, what would you guys be happy with in regard to a trade? Second rounder? Would, would you be okay oh, with giving up a second rounder to get this guy? That's a home run. I think it would yep. cost more than that. Yeah, right. Couple draft picks, other than maybe a first rounder. I mean, we don't have that luxury anymore. Again, uh, yeah. of possibly giving up a first rounder. But I mean, we do have the luxury. We still have a first rounder. It's just right. what you, you have to ask up. yourself if you're Greer is, is: is this guy better than what I think I'm going to be able to draft next year? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and that's a really good and interesting question to ask yourself. Is he? You right. know, does does he bring your defense to? The you know an elite defense you know does he bring that to the table I mean I thought it was very intriguing because the defense is already solid but you know mm-hmm. if we do have a weakness on this football team it is at that position and you're yeah. bringing a guy in that just instantaneously just upgrades you incredibly at that at that position I mean 
you know, we've seen some ridiculously, you know, crazy trades, right? Yep. Over the last yep. couple of years to where we felt that the player that was traded for, you know, they should have they should have gotten more in regard to a trade. So, I mean, I would entertain it if I was the Dolphins because I think that it just puts you in, in you know, in a whole different situation there. It's a total upgrade and uh, it's something that I would love to see. I mean, it would be amazing. What's that? Sorry, sorry Ryan, go ahead. No, I, I was know. just saying it'd be amazing. It, it absolutely would, but you got to figure, you know, a lot of teams run a nickel now where you only have two linebackers on the field. So if you're talking Roquan Smith and Jerome Baker, that's <laughs> a, that's a, you know, that's, that's a, a hell of a tag team right there. It's very good. Factor in the defensive backs that we have with Howard Jones, Holland, Byron Jones, Nick Needham. And then our, if Jalen Phillips can, can continue what he to build on what he did last year, you know you got him, Christian Wilkins, Raquan Davis, and Emmanuel Agba. Like, where is where's the weakness? Chris Greer, call me. I've got an idea. Noah Igbenogany, Channing, <laughs> Channing Tendall, and a second. Get him. Get them folks over there to Chicago and get I forgot Bowden. You forgot Bowden and Williams. Yeah, and, yeah, him and, and Preston Williams. All. Yeah, hey, give them all. All six four guys. of them. And now, we Tindall, Tindall's got some promise, right? Like, I'm not saying – that's why he may be a piece that they could want. So, right. Like, that's like, true, send, right. Send, you send to Landon Roberts in that trade. Well, you can't – they won't take that. So, you got to give him something young. <laughs> Tindall no, was a, a third-round yeah. pick. Uh, Noah was a first-round pick. You, you package a couple of those young guys on defense together. You go get Roquan Smith. And I, I'm just saying, like – the AFC got tremendously stronger with a move like that. Yep. Yep, absolutely. All right. You Alrighty. guys done dreaming? No. <laughs> Mike? Never. Super Bowl, baby. Mike? Mike? Yes. A guy named Tyreek Hill plays for us. I now, if we would have mentioned something like that to you last year, I you would have made dreaming. that exact same comment. Right. Are you guys see, dreaming? <laughs> he's exactly so, the reason why it's probably not going to happen. This yeah. isn't fantasy football. <laughs> I, I, I would say Stephen Ross losing us a first-round draft pick is probably the reason why it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah agreed, agreed, agreed. So, All you right. know, you got to remember you're competing against 30 other teams or 31 other teams. It would be 30 in this case. But, uh, you know – how much do you want to give up? That's really the question. And, right. and like I said before, you know, Greer's got to weigh that out. I'm sure they're interested. I mean, I'm sure they're interested. The question is, can they do it reasonably? Right. And, that, you know, we don't have the answer to that because we don't know what the Bears are asking. That is correct. So. Well, I could make a quick drive over to Chicago, Mr. Greer, and uh, talk to anybody <laughs> you need to talk to, my friend. You got to sit down and make it, they make the deal for him, aren't you? I'll do whatever I need. I can I can bring some honey buns and some Mountain Dew, and we'll just have a good old time. Honey buns and Mountain Dew. I'm sure that'll be the deals deal seller. <laughs> that'll, right. That'll, there. right. <laughs> you might want to try stone crabs or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you cease to amaze me on a on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Go to Starbucks, get some coffee. You know. All right. Anyway. Ooh. Caramel Ribbon Crunch. There you go. Make sure you always get the mocha cookie crumbles and the chocolate chips blended in with that. Oh. All right. We're going to a different place than we should. (laughs) All right. That's going to be it, guys. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Nice work, you two. And I'm sorry, you three. And uh, 
we'll see you next week. Fins up, everybody. Fins up. Fins up. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Network.